What's up, everybody? You're listening to the Oregon Basketball Coaches Association podcast, a product of the Oregon Basketball Coaches Association. To get the most up-to-date info, visit our website at or.nhsbca.org. Enjoy. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Oregon Basketball Coaching Podcast. I'm Eddie Townsend, board member of the OBCA, and I'm excited to be here today to discuss the upcoming 4A Boys Basketball Tournament and playoff preparation for coaches. You know, it's always important to start thinking ahead of the playoffs. We've actually got to the end of the regular season, and we've seen a number of playoff games play in, play off. The 1A, 2A, and 3A state tournaments have already happened. We've got, you know, boys and girls champions in those classifications. And we're approaching the final weekend of Oregon basketball. The 5A girls state tournament has already started, and I am recording this Wednesday, March 8th at about 1.30. And the 5A boys state tournament began about 10 minutes ago. So we're going to just think about what it takes, you know, to get your team prepared for playoff basketball. Because we know, you know, playoff basketball is a different animal. Coaches need to be prepared for the unique challenges that come with it if you're lucky enough to get your team to that level. So I was asking myself, what are some of the key factors that coaches should keep in mind when they prepare for the playoffs? You know, today, after I, three of the 4A boys basketball coaches, um, three of the top four teams in the 4A tournament, Jabron Jones, Blake Ecker, and Hall of Fame coach Craig Rothenberger of the Junction City Tigers. And we're going to just ask them similar questions. But, you know, when you go through and you'll hear some of the same things that I'm going to talk about, which, you know, you got to obviously when you're preparing for playoff basketball, you're preparing for your opponent. You're figuring out what their strengths and weaknesses are, develop a game plan that's going to take advantage of their uh, weaknesses and your team's strengths. You know, one thing about playoff basketball is just trying to get your team mentally ready for the situation playoff basketball is very high pressure there's another level to it and even when you get into the state tournament there's not uh, it ratches up another level and coaches just need to ensure that their players you know mentally ready to handle the pressure you know you got to work on developing a resilient mindset uh, build confidence stay focused on the task at hand with that pressure you know i'd say the last thing is your physical preparation you know there's always different methods some people coach longer more mental reps some people go short you know i was one that tended to go long um uh, i would go two to two and a half hours but a lot of it would be very uh light physically so a lot of shooting a lot of scoring work a lot of um running through plays very little you know high contact stuff other than maybe some one-on-one stuff, very light defensive work, you know, cause at that point, you know, my saying is the haze in the barn. And at that point, the haze in the barn, but you know, as you'll hear from coach Rothenberger, you know, and I agree with it wholeheartedly is it comes down to making shots at the highest level. I mean, everybody's going to come, everybody's going to play hard. Everybody's going to play good defense. You know, if you got a talented athletic team and you know, you coach them up well, you're going to have a group of guys that can play some defense and limit people to one shot. But really it comes down to who's going to make buckets, who's going to make the free throws and who's going to make buckets. And, you know, the end of a season, I'm always spending a lot of time, especially if I got a contender 
shooting a lot of shots. You know, so this season, you know, um, the the eight teams in the 4A tournament, the number eight seed, Crook County, going to start off the tournament against Philomath. We're going to be talking to Coach Ecker here in a bit. The Henley Hornets, the five seed coming in, they're going to play the Baker Bulldogs. We'll talk to Jabron Jones, the head coach of Baker, coming up as well. Marist, the 11 seed, went to Seaside, upset Seaside, and they're going to be going against the Cascade Cougars. Um, tried to get Justin Amaya on, the head coach of Cascade, but he was unavailable. And that's going to be an interesting matchup. Marist, who you know, has one of the worst records in the tournament, went to Seaside, a hard place to play, and came away with a double-digit victory there, which was very impressive. And then we've got um, the number 10 seed Gladstone Gladiators going up against the, the number two seed Junction City Tigers. We're going to be talking to Craig Rothenberger, head coach um, at Junction City on his last year um, before retirement. And, I mean, really what we've seen this year, and I mentioned it a couple times in the podcast with the guests, is at the 4A level, there has been a, a huge group of, of people, um, not people, but teams, you know, and those those teams are between, you know, I'd say the, you know, 12, 13 area, um, all the way up to probably, you know, the 26 seed. They're all, you know, right around 500, just under 500, just above 500. I mean, we, you know, Got a story at 16 and 10, but then it goes 13 and 12, Madras, 11 and 13, the Dows, you know, and I mean, really from there, it's all losing team, you know, losing record teams um, until you get to about, you know, Phoenix at number 26, 9 and 13, Skepoos 10 and 15, Newport 8 and 16. So you've got these teams, you know, that was like, that's a huge swath of teams that are all basically 500. And then you've got the second group, you know, from the five, to the 11, 12, that really were pretty even. And that's what the the first round of the playoffs showed. You know, Staten lost by four at Crook County. Gladstone, the, the 10 seed, went into North Marion and beat them. Marist, the 11 seed, went to Seaside and beat them. You know, Astoria, they, uh, they went down to Henley in the first round and they lost by three. So you're just, I mean, the the parity at that level, you know, from five to 12 was very close. And then you had the top four. And this was pretty much all year. You know, Philomath is 20 and four, Junction City 24 and two, Cascades 21 and three, and Baker's 22 and four. I was lucky enough to be one of the coaches um, that got to see these teams in the Oregon West Conference who, you know, it could be, I mean, we got two teams from the Sky M, two teams from the Oregon West going. And I thought easily, you know, we could have had four teams from the Oregon West go, but they, you know, couldn't get it done in the first round is what it is. But, you know, when you look at that top four, you got Philomath, who has beaten pretty much everyone uh, that they've played other than Cascade, the number three. They lost to Cascade two times in league play by a total of four points in two games. But they beat Junction City, the number two team, twice. So Junction City has two losses, and they're both to Philomath. And then you got Junction City, who went and met Baker at the Dalles, beat him by 18. But then Cascade, 
who lost to uh, who beat Philomath, the number one seed twice, goes to Baker, and Baker beats them, um, I believe, by eight. So in that top four, I mean, it's really just an interesting um, group that throughout the season to this point has been the upper echelon. I mean, nobody can touch them in 4A basketball. Nobody can touch those four. They've had a couple close games. But overall, when you look at their league record, I mean, we got at Newport, we got blown out by Philomath. I mean, there was time. I think they had a run on us that was like 40 to zero run in the second quarter. Cascade had a similar run on us. They were just so good. They're just at a different level. Um, Junction City, I saw them play in person. They were very, very good. They're super good. And I, I watched the Baker Cascade game and a couple other games by Baker. And I mean, they're very, very good. And they're just at a different level than most teams. You know, are those other teams, you know, are they unbeatable? No, I don't think anybody's unbeatable. Are they guaranteed spots in the semifinals? I wouldn't say so. But I think it's going to be very difficult for those other teams to to play in because those teams are all they've also I mean Philomath and Cascade for sure have played a great you know conference schedule as well um you know I mean it was a gauntlet um through our league and uh so I think it's going to be interesting you know that first round it's going to be interesting to see you know can can any of these teams upset somebody you know can can a Crook County give Philomath a run Henley and Baker, we'll see. You know, Marist and Cascade, that's going to be a tough go for Marist. Um, and then you got, obviously, Junction City, Gladstone. So just looking at the 4A tournament, I mean, I don't know who's going to win, but if I was just from my experience and seeing the, all these teams up up close, most of them I've seen on film, every all the all eight teams, I just think the, the top four, I mean, it's a crash course to the semifinals. And I think you're going to see, in my opinion, uh, a Philomath versus Baker in the semis and a Cascade versus Junction City, which is a rematch of last year's state championship game. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. It's going to come down to matchups. It's going to come down to who's shooting well, who's making buckets. And, uh, you know, I think everybody's going to come hard. They're going to play hard and they're going to defend, but it's really going to come down to that. And then, you know, the, the officiating, you never know how that's going to go and foul trouble and all that stuff. Hopefully it's, you know, very well officiated, which I'm sure it will be at the state tournament. And, uh, you, but you know, you just never know how the, the, the different situations and scenarios can go. If I was to choose and pick um, from my, you know, who, who might, I'm just going to do a quick, I'm going to do a quick prediction. I mean, we do it in the, in the state, in the NCAA tournament. I'm going to say Philomath is going to beat Crook County um, 64 to 50. I think Baker will beat Henley um, 55 to 42. I think Cascade will take Marist. Uh, I'm going to say 72 to 44. And then I think Junction City will beat Gladstone in a, a more low scoring game, maybe like 42 to 28 or something like that. In the semis, whew, I don't know, man. You got two teams in the semis that could be so. I mean, you could get a Baker upsetting a Philomath. You could get a Philomath returning to the state championship game. Um, they've been there. I don't know when the last time they were there. Maybe twenty. I don't know. I don't want to say, but I think it was twenty fifteen or something. Um, 
You got Cascade and Junction City. What a game. I mean, these are games. I mean, I'd love to be there. I'm going to watch it. Um, Flomath was in the 2016 state championship against Seaside, and they won 55-45. So they won the 2016 state title game. Um, and then there was the reign of the, the Seaside teams after that. Um, so are we going to see Baker, who's loaded with young kids, you know, are, are we going to see them upset Philomath, who's really, Philomath's a senior-laden team this year, three, um, uh, two really good seniors in Ty May and, and Cole Beardsley, and then Baker just with a, a slew of young kids, um, and they'll be back in this position for the next few years. Uh, if I had to pick, I'm going to go with Philomath. Um I'm rooting for both teams. I'm objective. I, I really don't have a, a team I'm rooting for, but um, I'm just going to go with Philomath because of the 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 age. I think Philomath will make it to the state championship game, and then Cascade Junction City. Man, you know I coached one of the kids on the Junction City team. Um, got a lot of respect for Cascade, and you know the type of wins they have this year. You know there's a number of things swirling there, but I mean, they are what they are. They are a solid team that can get out and play. Um, shoot. I'm going to go. And they're a senior laden team. I'm, I'm talking to junction city. They've got, I mean, really a group of kids that have played for so long um, together. And I'm going to go with junction city. I, I think junction city is going to get cascade in that semifinal. So we're going to have a Philomath junction city rematch. Flomath, and this is, I mean, we'll go to the other side of the bracket. So then Crook County would play Henley. I think, oh, that's a tough one. I would say, I don't know much about both teams, but I'm going to say Henley's had a run. Uh, Crook County, this is kind of a new thing for them. Um, you get beat at 1.30, you're back up at 9 a.m. You haven't had that experience. Henley. You know, they're normally always coming to the tournament from the south. I'm going to pick Henley in that game. Marist and Gladstone, I'd probably have to go with Marist um, on that. And then Henley versus Marist, I'm going to go with, I think Henley will take the fourth place trophy. In the third place game, you got, in my, you know, Baker and Cascade, a rematch. I'm going to say Cascade probably takes that trophy in the three, five game and for the state title. And this is who knows what's going to happen. And this is all for fun. And this is all, you know, all that stuff. So don't get mad at me, but I think I'm going to pick junction city winning the state title this year. I think the storyline, um, the pedigree, uh, the experience of the junction city tigers, you know, Craig Rothenberger hall of fame coach, one of the winningest coaches in Oregon history. Um, if not the winningest coach in Oregon history, I don't even know. Let me look. Um, in 2020, Craig, Ro Craig Rothenberger was number six on the list with 646 wins. Yeah, he didn't get up to 850 yet. But And he's chasing Gary Hole. He's probably close to – well, let's think about this. If he's at 646, I mean, he's got to be in the – I mean, I'd say Gary's probably number two now, and he's probably number three in the all-time – winning his coaches list, you know, for in state history. I think he's going to go out with a state championship win. I do. I think his, I think his team has got what it takes. It could go, I mean, you could play this t tournament 20 times and it 
it's going to be different every time. So don't take offense, but I'm just going to, I'm going to go with what I think. I think the experience, I think the storyline, you know, Craig Rothenberger is coaching his grandsons in the, uh, in their senior year, they've played hundreds, if not thousands of games together since they were little kids and been very successful. Um, and they've been coached by, you know, one of the more elite coaches in Oregon history and Bart Rothenberger since they were little kids. You know, I coached Gunnar Rothenberger and he's already played in a state championship game. All these other kids have played in a state championship game last year when they lost to Cascade. So, yeah, I think I just think that the experience is there. The storyline's there. And really, um, everybody, all the other coaches and all the other teams, you know, they got more chances. This is his last rodeo. I think it just is a good feel good story and uh, it would be cool. It'd be, I think it'd just be a cool, a cool way to go out. Well, we've got three amazing guests here um, coming up. We got Blake Ecker, the Flomath Warriors, number one seed. We got Jabron Jones of the Baker Bulldogs, the number four seed. And we got Craig Rothenberger, the Junction City Tigers, the number two seed. I hope you enjoy it. Um, drop me um, an email or a comment. Uh, you can email me. Um, and my emails in, in the uh, description. Um, and if you know anybody that knows me and you want to text me, hit me up on social media or text me. I will not be at the state tournament. My son and his team, um, we're playing up in the, his fourth grade team is playing in the state tournament this weekend. So that, that'll be fun up in Redmond, but I will be watching online. I will be, uh, rooting for good games and, uh, just remember to keep grinding. What's up, everybody? This is Eddie Townsend of the Oregon Basketball Coaches Association. I'm here with Jabron Jones, head boys basketball coach of the Baker Bulldogs. Coach, um, it's Tuesday, March 7th, 9 p.m., and we're about two days from tip-off of the 2022-23 OSAA 4A state tournament, where by Saturday night, only one team will be left standing. How you feeling? I'm feeling good, man. I'm uh, sitting here watching the Laker game right now. I'm a Laker fan, so got to root on the Lakers. But, uh, you know, as far as my team, I'm feeling good. We're we're healthy. We're done with being sick. Um, you know, we had a good practice this morning. Um, you know, good game last week. Uh, before that, I had a couple of good weeks of practice. So I think the guys are ready to play again. They're tired of practicing and uh, just ready for the next step, which is Henley. No doubt. And, I mean, so you guys have had just really, you know, a great season so far. I mean, you're 22-4. and four. You went through – I mean, you got a pretty small league, so you went 6-0 and oh in league. You're coming into the state tournament ranked number four. Um, and you're going up against the number five Henley Hornets. I mean, and when you really look through your your schedule, I mean, outside of your league, I mean, I know that, you know, there's not really anybody that, I mean, you had to, uh, maybe one or two close games within 10 or so in your league. But outside of that, I mean, you went out and you've really played a schedule to get yourself ready yeah. for this coming week. I mean, Take us through your mindset of how you, um, you know, structured your schedule. Um, you know, you, you took an early season loss 
to uh, 5A Wilsonville, a perennial power in the 5A. And uh, then you went on a, a road trip in Idaho, took a couple losses there um, during Christmas break. But, I mean, what, what were your thoughts structuring your, your schedule? And then, you know, you took a couple of losses, but they seemed to be something that you could grow from and get stronger from. Oh, for sure. You know, big shout-out to Bill Gonzalez, our AD, for uh, putting our schedule together. You mentioned Wilsonville. Uh, they're, I think, currently ranked number two or three in 5A. Uh, we lost to those guys by two points. That was a great learning experience. We also lost to uh, Pocatello from Idaho. Uh, they just lost their state championship for 4A out there, so they're a great team. We uh, lost to uh, Lapway out of Idaho. They just lost their state championship out there for their division, and we lost to Junction City, who uh, will be competing for a state championship this year. Um, so we had a great uh, preseason schedule. Uh, those four losses definitely helped our team to get to where we're at now. We had some great wins as well. You know, we beat a great Cascade team. Uh, they'll be competing for a state championship in 4A. Um, you know, we also had some great uh, wins over in Idaho against some tough teams out there. And so the overall schedule was was, was great. Uh, December, we had a gauntlet month where we had, I think, 14, 15 games in the month of December. Um, I know the parents were tired, the kids were tired, but we got through that um, somewhat healthy, and we learned a bunch about our team. And so I'm overall pleased with, um, you know, how we played so far this year. Um, our league, um, yes, we went undefeated in league, but, you know, we didn't have – an easy game in the league, even though the margin of victory was, was great. Um, the boys had to compete and claw and fight for every, uh, for every point, every victory. So every game we had, win or lose, we learned something from, and hopefully we are prepared for, for Henley on, uh, on Thursday, man. So let's just talk about that game in Junction City. I, I did not see it. You guys met at the Dalles and, uh, you played it. Watonka High School, which I don't really understand. Is there two high schools in the Dells, or is that? Uh, yeah, high there. School? Yep, there's two high schools. Uh, well, actually, there's two gyms. I'm not sure if that the gym we played in is an actual high school, but it had two hoops, ten feet high. So, um, <laughs> you know, it, it's it's the same as a as a normal gym. So yeah, so Junction playing... City. That was a. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, so you're playing Junction City. I mean, you go into the game and you guys are both top three teams. And uh, it, just go through that process. That was uh, January 14th. Yeah. No, we, we met in the Dallas. Um, once again, shout out to Bill Gonzalez for making that happen. Uh, that was a great game. Uh, it was back and forth in the first quarter, I believe. Uh, they got up by, you know, four or six points. And we never could get back on track. They uh, played extremely smart uh, on both ends of the floor. Um, they – were real efficient on the offensive end. I think they took two or three three-pointers that game, and um, they just wore us down. They grinded us out. They capitalized on our mental and physical mistakes, and, um, you know, we didn't hit the shots we needed to hit, and they did. They played a smarter game than we did, and we learned a bunch from that game. It was good to see them in person as opposed to on tape, and um, the boys took that loss hard and learned from it a bunch, and, that kind of recalibrated us, refocused us for the rest of the year and realized what we need to work on to get to where we want to get to. And you're talking about a team that's coached by arguably one of 
best coaches in Oregon history, and Craig Rothenberger. Um, they got a guy on their team, Gunnar Rothenberger, the son of Bart Rothenberger, who actually started for me as a freshman on my state championship team at Toledo. And he was okay. one of the smartest kids I've ever had on, you know, that I played, I mean, that I, that I coached. Um, you know, he's a tough kid, real good defender, just a smart, smart player, um, you know, coach's son. And so I, and just understanding how they play, I mean, they play a type of game that kind of, I liken it to maybe, you know, Air Force football, where it's just like, we're going to, we're running option. We're going to get your mistakes and, you know, if you get down, we're going to run the clock and we're just going to kind of out execute you. And so when you, when you get up against a team like that and you, you know, you guys end up losing by uh, 18 points, what does it, what does it do to you on, on the drive home? What are the thoughts that are going through your mind and what is the, the preparations that you start thinking about the, some adjustments that you need to make going forward in your season oh. after that? Yeah, the boys were, uh, they were mad. You know, they were mad. They, they knew, uh, we got outplayed in the mental aspect, um, that game. And, um, you know, I knew once the buzzer sounded exactly what we needed to do, um, if we were to play him again. And so if we do have a chance to play him again, uh, I'll, you know, we'll definitely make some adjustments. Um, but playing against, you know, uh, Coach Roth is, is a, is an honor and a privilege. Um, like you said, he's been around the game a long time, and uh, from what I understand, this is his last year. And there's nothing better for him to go out, you know, coaching his grandkids. I think he has three in the starting lineup, and not many coaches can say they coach three of their grandkids at the same time. Um, the boys play extremely smart, extremely hard, extremely disciplined on both ends of the floor. Uh, they don't make many mistakes, and in the game of basketball, if you can limit the amount of mistakes you make, you have a great chance of winning. And by their record, um, they have won a lot of games because they haven't made many mistakes. And I can't see them choking right now, you know, this late in the year. I know they're going to prepare well for their first game. And um, it was, like I said, it was a great learning experience for our guys. You know, we're still fairly young. You know, you can look at our roster. We have one senior, one freshman, four You're seniors, four young. sophomores. And so, you know, it was a great learning experience for our guys, and they were mad, and the next practice was a real good practice for us. So then you go through the rest of the league, and then um, I remember my son had a, a tournament in Salem, and we had a game at around, I think, 9.30 or 10. And then right after the game, we went and got donuts, and we sat in the truck and watched the game on my phone in between games of you guys playing Cascade. And that was a game. That was a game to watch. I mean, high level basketball, you know, some of the highest level basketball you could, you could play at this level. And, uh, you guys just pretty much out executed them at the, down the stretch. Um, and you really took away what they wanted to do. And so what was your mindset going into that game? And I mean, I know Cascade firsthand because they're in our league. What were your thoughts on Cascade? And I mean, What's your evaluation of that whole situation? Yeah, Cascade is another great team that we had a chance to see in person. Uh, I learned a lot, you know, during that game and after that game as well. Um, that was a great game. They uh, came to Baker, um, which is real cool. And once again, shout out to Buell to make, uh, for making that happen. Um, you know, but they came out and both teams were 
playing with the great intensity on both ends of the floor, great fire, and, um, you know, we hit shots, they hit shots, and, you know, it's like you said, we did a little bit better job executing in that game than they did. Um, but both teams played extremely hard. Um, and so I know they learned a lot about us, and we learned a lot about them. And I know they're going to be, you know, competing hard Thursday and, you know, hopefully Friday and Saturday. And if we have a chance to play them again, I know they're going to make some adjustments, and we will too. And, you know, we'll see what happens with that one too. So I'm just going to go through the bracket here. Um, you got the one and eight. You got Philomath and Crook County. You got the five and four. That's your, your, your Baker Bulldogs and the Henley Hornets. And then on the lower side of the bracket, we got Cascade versus the surprise, the upset. Um, Maris went into number six Seaside and beat them. So they're the, the high seed coming in. Um, and then the nightcap, the number two Junction City uh, Tigers going against uh, the Gladstone, what are they, the Gladiators? And so, uh, so. Yep. You, you know, you, you've got um, two double-digit seeds on the bottom side of the bracket. Do you foresee, um, and I know you don't want to say, and maybe you do, I don't know, but do you foresee any <laughs> uh, upsets? or do you? I mean, because this is my thought, is, uh, you know, throughout the whole year, it was pretty apparent, especially as we got through maybe the end of January, that there was um, a bunch of teams that were mediocre, I would say, you know, middling teams. I mean, yeah. teams with losing records in the top, you know, 15 or 16. I mean, a lot of those teams had losing records. And then there was, you know, a higher echelon of teams from five to about maybe 11, 12. And then there was just yeah. a, a group of four that were far and above everybody else, which was the Philomath, U, Cascade, and Junction City. And it's really interesting, you know, Philomath – beat Junction City twice, and then Cascade yep. went and, well, so they beat Junction City twice. Junction City beats you guys. Well, then Cascade goes and beats Philomath twice, and then you beat Cascade. So it's like yep. this real interesting thing where no one really knows, you know, and I, I just don't foresee, me personally, I don't foresee there being an upset in that first round because those teams, Philomath, Baker, Cascade, and Junction City, I mean, you know, they just basically have um, – they're just a, a cut above everybody else. Do you do you foresee any anything, or do you kind of think it's just going to be chalk in the first round? Man, it's, it's – uh, I will say this. I, I fill out a bracket every year for March Madness, and there's always upsets. It's just a matter of trying to, it's trying to find them. And so I'm not saying everything's going to be chalk, you know, first round. There may be an upset. Um, it's just hard to figure out matchups, you know, because I don't know how we're going to match up with Henley. Henley doesn't know how they're going to match up with us. Same on the other side of the bracket. It's all about matchups. It's all about who's getting, you know, feeling hot that day, who's cold, foul trouble, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm not a genius, but there's going to be an upset somewhere, and I certainly hope it's not us. <laughs> I hear you. And so let's just say – it does go chalk. I mean, then we've got basically you guys matching up with Philomath in the semis and then Cascade matching up with Junction City in the semis. I mean, you know, two of those teams are in our league. And Philomath, yeah. 
the thing that Philomath has that none of these other teams have is they have some real size. They got two bigs that are tough. Um, they have a fairly good set of guards. Um, if I was to diagnose you guys, you guys are just a scrappy group of, I mean, really great. I, I'd say really good guard play, and you just get out and defend people. I mean, you're just playing at a higher level defense than most people. Cascade has one of the most elite point guards in Landon Knox, and then a couple other guards that can't handle the ball quite as well as them, but they're pretty dang good. And, and the Horn Twins, um, you know, and they've got some other guys that are pretty tough as well and a pretty good post player. And then obviously Junction City has the most experience, pretty much a senior-laden team. And they're more of a – they're going to pick you up full-court man and just play great man-to-man defense and then out-execute out you with a five-out motion um, on in the half court. So when you really go through it, I mean, when if we do go chalk, I mean, are, how have you have you had to deal with any size when you go up against a team like Philomath? Um, I know that you guys matched up with them in the first round last year. You really had them. In, I mean, if nobody saw that game, you guys really did have them up against the ropes. Or actually, excuse me, I'm, I'm thinking you against Junction City, but you 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 can play against. I mean, even with your youth, you don't play like it's like that. But I will say, last year. I think there was some much some valuable experience. You guys had Junction City in the first round up against the ropes, and I thought you were going to beat them until your um, one of your guards, who was really a tough player, went down with a a knee injury. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts? I mean, yeah. what are your thoughts on that? How do you feel about playing a team with um, some real experience, some moxie, some blue blue blood potential, and some some massive size there in Philomath? Yeah, no, we, uh, you know, just thinking back to last year against Paloma, we were actually up 15 in the second quarter on them, or 16, something like that. And, uh, you know, we had those guys on the ropes, and um, they came slowly, chipped away. We did some dumb stuff. They hit shots, executed a lot better in the second half. And so coming away from that game, and also we were up against JC last year, uh, I think by eight or nine in the first quarter, uh, gave our guys some confidence, knowing that we can compete, we can play with the the top dogs in the state. And uh, against Philomath, um, I've seen them on tape this year. Haven't seen them in person. They are big, they are smart, they are physical, um, they are experienced. And so, just seeing those guys last year in person, we know we can play with them. We just have to be smarter. Um, we know we're not going to outmuscle them. We know we're not going to uh, beat them up on a glass or beat them up at the block. We have to do the things that we need to do to um, out-execute them, be smarter in them with the personnel we do have. And with the showing we had last year against both of those guys, we know we can. Um, we just have to sustain it for long periods of time, a.k.a. 32 minutes. So if mm-hmm. we do play for uh, – Oh, go say, ahead. If Sorry. We do play for, no, you're good. If we do play for Lomas, um, we know – I know what they do. Um, you know, they know what we do, and it's a, a battle of wheels from there. And I know you don't, you know, let's just say just because it's this is all entertainment, nothing, you know, you're not saying it. I, I'm, just, I'm just putting you in on the spot, but I'm going to go through two scenarios. Let's say you make it to the state championship game, and you're playing Cascade. So a rematch of the game that you played at Baker. How do you feel about that matchup? 
what are some things, if any, that you want to share that you really would like to change from the first game, or would you like to just kind of redo that same execution that you had the first game against Cascade? Uh, if we did play Cascade, um, the goal is to shoot 100% from the three-point range, 100% from the field, 100% from the free-throw line, and hold them to uh, 0% across the board, and we'll come out with a dub. Uh, but no, in, in all reality, we just have to play hard, uh, play smarter than they did, than, than they will if we do have a chance to match up against them. And we got to meet their intensity. They've been to the championship game last year. And I believe the year before, uh, they won it last year, so they'll be going for a repeat. And so their experience, uh, there's, you know, I have a few seniors who've been around the block a little bit. And so we have to match their intensity. We have to hit shots. Um, you know, I can go through X and O's all day long, but in all reality, we got to play hard and play smarter than whoever we play against. Um, Cascade, Henley, you know, Crook, Philomath, anybody. Right. And so, you know, going away from that, just what is, what's like one thing? I mean, what's the, you know, I just coached my son's fourth grade team in, in the state tournament. And I told those kids, I said, hey, if you just play harder than everybody, you're going to win this thing, you know, straight up. And uh, would you say that it kind of gets to be the same thing when you get to the high school level? I mean, obviously, execution, fundamentals, and being able to hit shots and all that stuff. But is there something to be said about just playing harder than the other team? What What is like if, if there was one thing for you where it's like I can inject this into every one of my players for these three games at state, and that will give us the best opportunity to come out with the blue trophy. What is that one characteristic? What is that one thing that you you would, you know, that one magic pill that you would give to your team to be successful? Uh, they have to play for each other. And when you play for somebody else, you're going to play harder. You're going to do the little stuff that you don't want to do if you're just playing for yourself. Uh, you're going to take a charge. You're going to hit the floor. You're going to rotate that extra step over to help your, to help your you know, uh, teammate out if he gets beat off the dribble or just being help side. You're going to hit somebody hard on the block out. Just playing for each other, and that encompasses a lot. Um, playing unselfish, playing hard, playing smart. And so if you play for each other on both ends of the floor, even if you're on a bench, you're sharing as best as you can. You know, once the guys buy into that process, no matter who you're playing, you have a great chance of winning. I love that. And so um, you've been you've been coaching these boys for a long time. When did you start coaching most of these boys? Uh, probably about third, fourth grade, around there. And so that's a long time. And my son right now is a second grader. I've been coaching his group for two years, and I'll keep doing it. Um, that's cool. What does it mean? What does it mean to you that now these boys, now everything that you've building, you've been building towards, it's it's all your vision and all of your hard work and all the time in the gym and the travel and the tournaments and all that yeah. is now you're seeing the fruits of your labor here and you know 2023 yeah no it's uh it's pretty cool we had a team dinner put on by parents tonight like a going away send-off dinner and uh, it was kind of emotional because it takes a village um you know yes uh myself and roland been with these guys for a long time but the parents have to give them the practice 
You know, the parents have to put up the money to go to the hotel for the tournaments and be supportive. And so we have a great uh, community of supporters with the parents, with the grandparents, the aunties and uncles and cousins and siblings. Um, it takes a village to make this happen. And so I'm excited, you know, as a, as a parent myself, I got a couple of boys on the team. Uh, I just know the commitment it takes from everybody to make this happen. And the boys have bought in, the parents have bought in, and it's a great uh, atmosphere, you know, here in Baker on the boys team and also on the girls team too, the girls side. Yeah, the girl, your girls are ranked number one in the state. Is that right? Yep, yep, they are. And they had the same process. They had a couple of parents take those kids at an early age and pass them along to the high school coaches. And it's, it's a, it's, it's kind of emotional, man. It's weird, but it's a, it's a good thing. It just shows it takes a village and community to make the, make all this thing go. No, I totally understand. I mean, I, you know, my, a buddy of mine and I started coaching our boys, uh, last year. We were kind of a, yeah. I mean, this is a funny story, but, you know, we're middle, middling team this year. We were, one of the better teams in the state went up going to the state tournament last weekend and played in the state championship game. And, uh, we went up losing to West Salem. Um, my point guard got, you know, fouled out early, but, uh, I, dude, I was near tears after the game. It was, it was almost more emotional to me than, uh, yeah. my, as a high school coach coaching in, you know, I coached in a couple of state title games as a, as a high school coach. It's just a different thing. And I was just, I was telling my friend, I said, man, we're pouring so much of our heart into these kids that, um, you know, it's going to be over yep. before we know it. And we just got to pour. I, I, I wouldn't. So my point is, you know, I commend you. I think it's really cool. Um, just seeing what you've built, you know, and I'm, I'm, I really am excited to, to see how it goes for you. You know, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm trying to be an objective observer, but, I do relate to you, and I see what you're doing. I see the the fruit of your labor, and I I say, you know, I, I commend you for it. So good luck as, no, thanks, as you, you go for that. No, I appreciate that. And like you mentioned, you start with these kids at an early age, and they they become your kids. You know, what I'm saying like all these kids are the same age as my kids, and you treat them like your own sons. You know, just you know, in season, out of season. Um, it's a, it's a weird, but it's a cool dynamic. And, um, I take great pride in, um, just knowing that, you know, everything that us coaches do, these kids are watching and listening and looking. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a great honor to be a part of these kids' lives for sure. Well, I, uh, I really appreciate you jumping on here with me. Um, and, you know, I'll be, I'll be watching from afar as we're going to the, the second state tournament for our boys up in Redmond, but uh, I will be watching online and I will, uh, I'll be rooting for you. That's cool. No, thank you, man. I appreciate the time and looking forward to what these dudes have in store in the next couple of days, man. All right. Well, everybody, that's Jabron Jones, Baker Bulldogs, boys basketball coach, looking for uh, a blue trophy to come back to Baker Saturday night. At Forest Grove. All right, Coach. Well, thanks for coming on, and uh, we'll talk soon. Coaches, as you prepare for Summer League and the upcoming season, don't forget to renew your membership with the OBCA. Membership includes access to resources and mentorship from coaches across the state and the country, as well as access to Lucio technology used by NBA franchises. Membership starts at just $15. 
Don't delay. Renew your OBCA membership today. All right. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with uh, Blake Ecker, head boys basketball coach at Philomath High School, the number one ranked and seeded team going into the 4A state tournament here um, starting tomorrow at Forest Grove High School. Coach, how's it going? Going well. Going well. Just uh, anxious for tomorrow. I bet. I know that feeling. Um, hoping that you got all your ducks in a row, every rock un, you know, turned and everything executed and ready. Um, so leading up to this week, you know, I just thought it'd be good to kind of talk to a couple coaches that are going into this state tournament um, at the 4A level. And um, none better to talk to than you. And, um, you know, just get your view on a couple of things with the state tournament this year specifically, but also for some coaches that maybe haven't been in this situation uh, preparing for a state playoff game or preparing for a state tournament game, which is even a higher level. Um, I wanted to just go through um, a couple questions with you on that, if that's okay. You bet. You bet. Yeah, so, I mean, just to give her – I mean, we talked, um, you know, earlier in the season, and, uh, you know, I was able to – well, I don't know if able is the right word. I was, I was, uh, I was present at a couple of pretty good beatdowns <laughs> by your team, which is – you know, it's, it's – I'm a, I'm a basketball guy, and I love watching good basketball, and that's what not just your varsity program but the entire program throughout does is just – you just have a great program, so I just want to commend you for that. But when you are, you know, a top team, and uh, you're prepared, and you know you're you're going to the playoffs, and you're going to be, you know, maybe even making a state ta- uh, state title run. What are you, you know, when you get to like the January, February? I know you're doing league, but are you doing anything in the back of your mind, maybe marking out some stuff in practice that just prepares you for that state tournament and state playoff run? Well, maybe a little bit. Um, definitely when we get into January, we start shortening practices a little bit. Um, you know, it's a long season, and so to keep them fresh and and do different things in practice as well. Um, for instance, maybe maybe a couple games. I mean, uh, we brought in one this year. It's basically sharks and minnows. I don't know if you ever remember that playing it as a kid. But we do it with basketballs, and actually my son came up with that, saw it somewhere, and it was just kind of a good thing to put in. It's kind of fun, alleviate the pressure, and just have a good time. Oh, for sure. So I really like doing that sort of stuff, and, you know, and of course trying to break up the monotony of practice, Um, you know, whether they're different drills, different competitive drills, things of that nature. Right. And so, you know, going into the state tournament, you know, you guys, as a top-ranked team, the top-ranked team, and you've pretty much been number one all year, you know, you, you took out Hidden Valley at home by 25 uh, on Saturday. So once you get that under your belt, you're really looking towards, you know, who the upcoming opponent is, which, I mean, I know Staten went to Crook County, but <clears throat> I kind of in my mind, thought Staten was going to win that game just because of the, the caliber of conference we're in. I mean, it was a four-point game, but Crook County comes out with the win. 
And the moment you see that, you know, um, actually you probably knew the result before you guys even started your game. What yeah. is what what is going on in your mind when um, you know your game is done to prepare for Crook County? You know, when, when our game was done, you know, I'm, I guess I'm old school, but I I take it one game at a time. And in, you know, in your thoughts, you still have you have to think a little bit about the future, what could happen, and kind of be prepared. But um, you know, once we knew it was Crook County, it's it's trying to find as much game film as possible, uh, talking with other coaches, uh, talking with uh, our staff. You know, our staff does a good job watching film, and we'll get together before practice and and strategize, okay, how are we going to do this? How are we going to get out and run three-point shooters? You know, who's going to stop, you know, Eddie, the, uh, uh, free off, and, you know, who are we going to put on and start game planning for that? And then during practices as well, like this week, you know, we kind of put in the other team's offense and, and have our kind of our secondary guys run that and so that we can defend it. Uh, for instance, uh, when we played Hidden Valley, they run a lot of what they call cyclone, and so we we put that in with our second team guys, and just ran it, ran it, ran it, ran it, ran it, and it helps us get used to what what we're uh, expecting to see. Um, in fact, when we got our second team guys in uh, at the end of the game, we actually tried to run cyclone with those guys against them, uh, but <laughs> it, 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 it didn't really work very well. So I think they just got a little nervous, but they are running really good in practice. But uh, but yeah, it's just always, you know, it's it's a lot of time, you know, like I'll go home after practice and just start watching film, uh, you know, just to familiarize myself with the other team and their tendencies and what we need to do and concentrate on. And so you've been, you know, coaching in the state tournament i mean how many i don't know exactly how many state tournament appearances you have as a head coach do you know off offhand i really don't know i I think it's probably i know like league championships has been about half uh of my years coaching i think i think we've got nine or ten i'm not i'm not sure and then i I really don't know i haven't kept well let's just say that you've been to 15 state tournaments how many of those uh, have you been the number one ranked team going in? This would be the third one. So you're going in, number one ranked team going in, and that means that you have the first game of the state tournament and you're on the top side of the bracket. Do you do you like that? I mean, I've done that once. Um, you know, I, I personally didn't like it very much. I, I like the nightcap game. I like being the two seed, to be honest, or maybe the three. What are your views on that? What, what do you like the most? Um on that first day of the state tournament? I guess what I like the most about it is you can get on the court early, an hour before the game starts. Um, so I, I like that part of it, you know, to familiarize with the with your surroundings, your your background, what you're going to shoot against. Um, so, so that's good. That's the positive part of it. Um, you know, it, it is kind of funky playing at 130. I mean, we never play at 130 as ever and so it, it's a little strange that way um but we just have to take it like a normal game and and go up there and compete so it, it is different I, I i'm not a huge fan of it but I, I heard something the other day that the reason why they do that is that it would give us 
more time to rest as the number one seed before your next game. So if we were to win, I believe we play would play six thirty. Yeah, you play six thirty the next day if you're if you won. Yeah, I was actually uh, in Salem this weekend for my son's um, little the little kid state tournament. I saw Justin Amaya there. He was re- he actually refed our semifinal game, and uh, we were oh. talking about how you know I thought we were just talking about how it would be nice to um, you know flip that because I, I mean my personal opinion is that I think it'd be better to have the number one seed at night, you know. But it is yeah. what it is. No big deal. So then you guys are going into the state tournament. I mean, this tournament, um, really, it's loaded. I mean, the top four, in, you know, I talked to uh, on the same podcast, Jabron Jones, the head coach at Baker, will be on there. And, um, you know, I talked to him last night, and we were just talking about, you know, I, I, I had mentioned, you know, there was about a group of teams that were with losing records, you know, and some of them are as high seeded as maybe 14 or 13 during the season with losing records. So there's a lot of parity of just mediocrity, I'd say at that level. And I would even say, you know, there's, and there's a spectrum of those teams. I'd say, you know, Newport was one of those teams. And, um, and then there was another group that was kind of in the middle that was probably from like the 12 or the 11 seed all the way up to about the five. And those got those right. teams, like anybody could beat anybody. And then there was the four. And, you know, you, you talk about yourself, the Flemouth Warriors, you got, you know, two huge wins over Junction City. And then Junction City goes and beats Baker handily at, in the Dallas in mid-January. And then Cascade goes over to Baker and loses or uh, loses to Baker and then Cascade beats you guys. So it's kind of like this thing where everybody's beating everybody. And, uh, you know, it's it's a pretty highly anticipated, um, you know, state tournament with those four not meeting in the in the first round. So if everybody was to win, and that's a big if, I don't want to, you know, um, mis- mischaracterize that the upsets happen and, you know, people can get upset and there's really good teams that are the lower-seeded teams. But – in this situation, if those teams did win the top four seeds, I mean, you're talking about a pretty competitive top four. When was the last time you remember, um, you know, that, that type of parity at the top four um, in, in 4A basketball? You know, I don't really remember it kind of being this way. Um, you know, I, I know that teams can lose some games or whatever, injuries, things of that nature. Um but it's never been like, like, like you said, like a kind of a top four um, situation that I, that I remember. Um, I, you know, and I think, you know, you look at some of those teams beating each other. I think we, we played really well early in the season, really, really well. And then we hit a, just a lull big time and just did not play well. Kids were kind of barking at each other. And I and I believe though we're out of that, and we're we, we've been looking really good in practice. So hopefully we can continue that here in the next couple of days. So when you talk about that, because that's been something that has come up, you know, it's a grind. I mean, you're starting in mid-November, you know, and sometimes even earlier with the way that you know our practice model works in the 4A now, um, where you can actually get started earlier. Um, it, it could be a long stretch. And when you're a top, 
level team. I mean, you've you've gone over a couple of things, but mentally in your mind, you know, when you go into a season and when you're around in the, maybe the middle point of league, I mean, other than, you know, shortening practices and all these things, how do you, I mean, this is the philosophy thing. And I mean, I know there's probably a lot of different opinions, but how do you think is, you know, maybe one or a couple ways to keep a team from peaking too early? I mean, I wouldn't say that you're anywhere near that because you guys are, I mean, you've only lost a couple games this season, but how do you, how do you make yourself or get your team to be without, you know, injuries and all that stuff, like you said, to peak, you know, as you're going into the state playoffs. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's hard. I mean, to be honest, uh, and I was worried about that this year. Um, it, but we, you know, we talked about you know just grinding it out a little bit. Uh, last weekend, we we got together at a parent's house. They made burgers and and bratwurst, and we watched a movie. Um, I, you know, I think a little stuff like that helps. Just, just more of time together, but not in the basketball court. Um, you know, so we'll do some things like that to, to try to boost morale, to have some fun. Um, you know, and, and I think our, our coaching staff does a good job of having fun, though, too. Um, you know, my, my JV coach is, is retiring. He does a nice job of of helping with that, so we'll miss that part of it for sure for him. Um, and I think, you know, it's nice having my son on there. He's he's far enough removed but close enough where in his age that he can relate to those guys a little bit more and and help them get through those down times. But it is hard to, to get it at the right time. There's no doubt about it. Um, you know, and I, I think also maybe um, putting in a few new wrinkles helps towards the end of the season or at least the second half of league to, you know, having them learn more and, you know, even coming in the second half of league where you're not expecting some kind of play or a defensive set. Um, and so that, that keeps them going as well. That's good stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's, there's no exact science behind it. It's definitely a difficult thing, and I, I don't really have an answer for it. I mean, the biggest thing I did is once we got to about the second half of league, I really just pulled back on a lot of, you know, I think the grind of practice is a lot of the defensive drills that you do, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, we're going to do closeouts, we're going to do shell, we're going to do, you know, box outs or whatever you're doing. It can be kind of monotonous and grindy, especially if you're a great team that already has a great defense. Of course, you want to keep that tight, but, I mean, it can be a lot of energy. I used to just, at the end, I'd use a lot of practice time shooting, like a ton of shooting. And, yeah. I mean, because really, when you get into those big games, it's like those kids are going to play. If you're a good team, they're going to play great defense. It's going to come down to who's making shots. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think you're right. Uh, and I think when I first started coaching, um, I, I we didn't shoot enough. And I'm like, God, we just don't we just don't shoot enough. We we got to shoot more. So we've we've incorporated a lot more shooting stuff than we did when I my first few years. So one other thing I'd like to you know just wondering is you know so as kind of one of the I mean you're one of the elder statesmen of the 
4A coaching ranks, you know, and <clears throat> one that's even, you know, more senior than you, Craig Rothenberger, is going to be finishing out his coaching career this year as the number two seed, Junction City Tigers. They're going to be matching up against Gladstone tomorrow at 8.15 p.m. Um, you know, he's been going a long time. What has he meant to you as a coach? Um what have you gleaned from him? What are some things that 4A basketball is going to miss now that he's moving on? You know, I have a, I have a ton of respect for Coach Rothenberger. Um, when I first started, uh, we would go to team camp down in Florence, and we would camp with Junction City. Um, you know, I hadn't known him from the past, and when I was a player, he was he was still coaching there. And then – so we would camp there. We'd get to know each other quite a bit. Um, you know, there's times that, you know, I, I just call him and talk, or I even, I've gone down and just just visited with him in his office. And, you know, I just just to glean about different things, maybe of social media, how to handle stuff like that, or or what he does in different situations. And uh, he's been great to me. He's been really helpful. Um, and, in fact, we were texting each other last night. Uh, about different things and and so I'll I'll miss him no doubt about it I mean he's just been a, a catalyst um, a a for a 4A basketball I mean I mean he, he just has done such a good job he's a good man and you know those guys don't come along very often and so when you can get as much information from them as possible it's great um, so we'll definitely miss him no doubt about it um, you know, his little quips and different things like that. Sometimes maybe we've had some big guys on our team in, in the summertime. And <laughs> in fact, one, one time he commented because we were pretty deep. I think it was 2015. He's like, get up, Blake. Because where do you get all this talent? He goes, and then he said, uh, he goes, don't be surprised, you know, if you have uh, from one of these parents a can of gas and a roadmap on your front doorstep <laughs> because be one of those guys, the number 13, 14 guy that, that isn't getting any playing time. So that deal, but, but it's still good. Um, so, you know, he's, he's been, he's meant a lot. So that's awesome. And then, you know, another retiree, um, your JV coach, Eddie Van Vlack, um, and really, Great coach, great coach, does a great job with what you do. Obviously, means a lot to you and your program. Speak on that and what he has meant to you and your program as he's uh, going to be stepping away as well. You know, so he was the first guy I ever hired, um, and we kind of knew each other a little bit. You know, just just around the same circles and so on and so forth. But uh, you know, hired him as my freshman coach. And then I believe, oh, I think about one or two years as freshman coach, then he moved to JV. And, you know, when you're around that long, you start building a relationship. And, you know, so we become good friends as well as, you know, uh, coaches. And, you know, just just yesterday, in fact, because uh, uh, Coach Semmerhorn has been kind of doing the scout team, and he, he calls himself the associate head coach now. So um, it's it's just it'll be tough. Uh, we have a good relationship in terms of, for instance, he does a lot of the subbing um, during games. 
just because we know what we need to do and and he you know I don't usually ever have a problem with it um, I could always pull the trump card if I need to but um, I really don't so it, so it's going to be tough you know and he does a great job with the JVs and um, you know he's helped bring in some things that we do like our, like our 131 really uh, is you know came from him and it, and it evolved from there you know where we decided to do different things and uh, with it over the course of years and so um, you know, it'll be tough. It, you know, he, he does a great job, so I appreciate his time and effort. And and he's just other, he's at a different point in his life than probably I am right now. And so where he's got some grandkids, things like that, that he wants to spend more time with. Right. And the cool thing about what you, where you're at is, I mean, your your own son is on your coaching staff, and uh, you know that's a pretty cool thing. Throughout this season, you said you've mentioned a couple things that your son's brought to the table. With this new generation of athlete and, and and kid, what are some things that he brings to the table with his youth and and everything that helps you in your run as a as a head coach? It's mainly his. I mean, he played quite a bit. You know, he played for Lynn Benton when they made that Final Four run uh, a few years ago, and it's it's his basketball knowledge. He'll still play and practice, and you know, he'll be one of the best players and. And so that's super helpful. And then just the camaraderie that he can build with with the teammates. Um, like I said, they, they still look up to him. Um, there's been some pictures here recently floating around that show him uh, as a high schooler with some of our guys right now, like taking pictures with him when they're like in, I don't know, second, third grade type deal. Um, so that's that's a pretty neat deal. So they've looked up to him for a long time, um, and and then he he actually does a really good job, for instance, with Cole Beardsley and helping him with different moves, different footwork, um, calling him out when he needs to be called out, <laughs> different things of that nature. So and it's different coming from him than it comes from you know the big bad head coach. So right. that has to look down the log. So, so there's there's a good mix right there. So, I know you going into the state tournament. I mean, what are some things, some great habits or you know traditions that you have at the state tournament? Um, you know, you guys leaving today? Or are you guys going over tomorrow? Um, I'll go tomorrow. Staying in a hotel, a house. What 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 are some things that you guys do? So we'll go up tomorrow. Um, you know we. We've got these nice hotels that we'll stay in. Um, we usually have, like the last couple of years, we've had parents do breakfast for us. And so they really enjoy that, having the team come over. They can talk to them. And so hopefully on Friday morning we'll have breakfast, you know, at the parents, you know, place that they get. Um, you know, I mean, I, that's the main thing, I guess, what we do. Uh as in terms of coaches, you know, usually we're on the road. You know, we're trying to wear ties and long sleeves. But when we get to the tournament, we just wear polos, which is much more comfortable. And I know my coaching staff loves that, so they're pretty stoked about it. Um, you know, I you know we try to go out to eat. You know, we give our guys, uh, like this year, we're giving them $30 a day to, to eat with, um, which should be, you know, a pretty good chunk. 
um, along with whatever their parents give them. Um, we do have a, a send-off, which is tomorrow at 9 in the morning for our school. Um, so in between classes, you know, all the students line the hallways, and we walk out. And then I think this year as well, we've had it a couple different times, but um, a police escort out of town. That's um, really cool. Started with, yeah, it started with a couple guys that uh, they were sheriffs, and th- that was probably the best one. Is they, shoot, they got us all the way out to uh, Corvallis, where the where the interchange goes, where you heading to Highway 34. Yeah, and that was awesome. It was it was really cool. They did a fantastic job with those with that. And I don't know how it's going to go this year, but um, I have to leave a little bit early just to get to the the coaches meeting. Right. What is that at eleven or something? Eleven. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was always a cool thing. You know, it was always a, I, I was, I was, you know, I'm humbled to be able to, I, I coached in four state tournaments in my six years there at Toledo. And, uh, it was really a cool thing to be, to be there. You know, you, you were one of the final eight coaches that had made it. And, uh, you know, there was the, I mean, at the two way level, there's, you know, a couple kingpins as, you know, like Gary Hole and some other guys, yeah. but, I mean, and they're there like every year. So, uh, but it's so cool to see, you know, and then for you, you're going to see, you know, a number of, I mean, it's going to be basically, it's crazy. I mean, only two teams from our league made that. I thought four would make it. Um, I but, I you know, it's just the way it goes. But, I mean, our league was pretty spectacular this year. I know that only, I mean, Maybe not, you know, in the two A ranks. I think in the that Salem League, like our league, basically, but two A, five of the eight teams were from that league, and that's uh, oh wow. So I thought it was going to be similar to that four, but obviously they lost. But still, it was a pretty tough league. I mean, as we went through it, what are your thoughts? You know, just reflecting on that, how tough our league was, and how that prepared you for the state tournament. Yeah, you know, it was it was a grind. I mean. Honestly, every night you had to bring it. Um, I, I even felt, you know, like Sweet Home didn't have the best year in the world, but you still got to be prepared for them. They're always going to play hard and hustle, and so you, so you got to prepare for that even, um, and not have a letdown. Um, you know, and that was one of the things too. You know, we we try not to have any letdowns. Try to win all home games. Um, you know, we had some close ones with, you know, with Staten and North Marion, and. And obviously Cascade too, you know, but one point and a three point loss. Um, and those were good games to be a part of. Um, I mean, it was an exceptional league. Yeah, I, I can remember, I, I think, I think it was your senior year. We go back to your senior year where we, I think we had, now you guys made the tournament. I'm sure Central did and we did. And that was a tough league. Yeah. And Central played for the I, state I, title and then. We we had a first round upset and we met you guys in the somewhere in the consolation and then yeah. who else was there? Yeah. Well, there was a it I was weird remember. because there was also Tillamook in our league for a while there too, and Till, yeah. like I don't I don't think that year Tillamook was in our league, but they won the state title and they were in our league the year before, so it was kind of like this, you know, even YC for a number of years was pretty tough as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I I mean I think we had twenty wins that year. And finished third in league. And you're like, wow, you know. So that's the, so. The, and same thing this year, you know. It's there's a lot of 
you know, a lot of good teams, and I think it helps us going forward. I mean, playing against those teams like that, um, and just preparing ourselves. And we had a really tough preseason as well, um, you know, with Redmond and Cascade Christian. Um, both those squads were were real, real good. And then you went right after the end of the season. I'm looking here, and you went and played uh, the eight seed in the five A tournament. North, or no, excuse me, that was that was Junction City that went and played them. But you also played, um, I was going to say them, but also you played your own alumni. Is that right? We did. We did. We needed a game, and we, we had scheduled North Eugene, uh, but it snowed. And so okay, it just didn't yeah. work out where we could get, get back to playing them. And so we thought, well, we got to do something. we got to play. And so on that Monday, our last opportunity, you know, we had some guys come back. Um, we had about oh, seven, eight players that came back. Uh, all I think every all but one of them played college something, either either football or basketball. So um, I mean, you guys lost by four. That must have been a pretty tough game. It was. It was. We should have won. Uh, but we just at the end we had a couple untimely turnovers. Um, but you know, we had like Ben Desonier back who was 4A Player of the Year in 2014. And an elite player at Southern Oregon. Yes. Second time Raider up. All-time scorer. Yeah, he was he's a heck of a player. Uh, you know, Trey played. Don Hansen uh, was a good player and played football at Western. Uh, Marshall Bratton. Uh, Cal Stevie, Riley Davis. Cal was at OIT. Was, was Some real athletes, man. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You know, they're slowing down a little bit. You know, they're not quite as in shape as we were, but uh, we tried to get them running, but it just didn't – we don't want really to play super, super fast like we wanted to, again, on that game. But it was a fun game, but we got hurt, and, and we were able to get in some, some reps, you know, some tune, some game time. Well, that's awesome. Well, I mean, good luck, Coach. I mean, we got, you know, less than – I mean, just about – 26 hours until tip-off of the 4A State Tournament. It's going to be, you know, I'm I'm cheering for you. I'm cheering for um, some competitive games. You know, obviously, you. would love to see a, a league opponent uh, do well in the tournament, especially you guys um, have great respect for your program. And so I really much. appreciate you coming on and, and just giving some of your knowledge and wisdom. And Yeah, I just, yeah my, uh, pleasure. my pleasure. I always enjoy talking basketball. Yeah. Well, thanks so much. Uh, thanks for listening to Coach Ecker and appreciate Coach Ecker for coming on and um, keep grinding. All right. Thanks, Coach. Thank I really appreciate it. Um, and, uh, you know, I, my son's actually, we, we got our, our state tournament for fourth grade basketball up in Redmond, so I'll be up there. I don't know what I'll do if oh. I ever have to make a state tournament as a coach, but <laughs> I have to choose. But, uh, yeah, yeah, you'll figure it out. All right. Well, good luck, Blake, and uh, appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. Stay up to date with the Oregon Basketball Coaches Association on social media at facebook.com slash Oregon BCA or on Twitter at OR Hoop Coaches. Welcome back, everybody. I'm here with head coach of the Junction City Tigers, Craig Rothenberger. Coach, how's it going? Going well. Good. Yeah, so um, 
we're heading into the state tournament. Um, tomorrow is tip-off day um, of the 4A state tournament up in Forest Grove, and you are bringing in the number two ranked Junction City Tigers um, that have a, a record of 24-2 and two going into the state tournament. Um, what are your thoughts going in? You know, it's a pretty loaded uh, tournament. What is your feeling and thoughts uh, the day before tip-off? Well, I know we've been just kind of focusing on ourselves, which has been what we've done all year long. Uh, obviously, you know, I'm doing my best to prepare looking at all the options out there as to who you can end up playing. But, uh, you know, we, we have to take it one game at a time. So we're, we're kind of zeroed in on Gladstone and, and, uh, we played them once early in the year and, and, uh, so we need to kind of reload and get ready to play them again. And, but it looks like a, it will be a good matchup. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this is gonna, this is what your 52nd year coaching in, in Oregon basketball? My 52nd year as a head coach and 54th year, uh, total. I was two years as a JV coach. When I first moved into Stucka, went there as the head football and JV basketball coach and did that for two years. So it's uh, 54 years in the business and and uh, 52 as a head coach. And so I've, I've talked to a number of coaches that, you know, have some coaching experience or a lot of uh, high-level, you know, uh, playoff or state tournament experience. But with that many years in coaching, do you remember how many times you've been to the state tournament? You know, I really don't. Uh, you know, we we've you know kind of run in, in in since I've been at Junction, we've been kind of in cycles where we've we've been successful for two or three years. You know, and we're in one of those right now. Actually, this is our our third year in the in the final 16 and second year in a row in the final eight. And of course, last year we got to the, to the championship game, but I never have been real big on that stuff. You know, I, somebody asked me yesterday how many league titles we won. And I said, you know, I don't know. We didn't always win the league title. The year we won the state title, we took second in league, I believe. Um, but the Sky M league has always been a really, really competitive league. And, you know, there were a lot of years that second felt pretty darn good. And, uh, so I never have paid too much attention and I couldn't tell you, uh, what my, how many times we've been or I could go look it up, but I just don't spend much time with that stuff. No, the, and the only reason I ask is because with that, you know, breadth of experience, um, you know, gearing up, because this is, you know, I want to get, get a little bit of review on, and your preview on the upcoming tournament. But also I wanted to just talk to you a little bit about, you know, for some coaches that have been in the playoffs, maybe they've only done it a couple times, maybe they've been to the state tournament once or twice, or maybe they've never done it. What are some things that you do leading up to a state playoff run like you've been on this year in the couple last couple years? You know, what are some things that – some advice that you would give or some things that you do just to kind of prepare – um, your team for the state playoffs and the state tournament because it is such a long season. Well, you know, I I, I think I'm I'm a fairly simplistic 
approach to the game uh, compared to some. Um, and so one of the things that, that I always remind myself is, is remember what got you here and don't suddenly change what you're going to do or, or try to reinvent the wheel, but just make sure you're doing the things you do uh, well and continue to do those. So that that's kind of the basis I go by. But at the same time, I during the long stretches, like we we played on, uh, you know, we went for eleven or twelve days without playing, and then we played, and then we went for another six or seven eight days without playing. So one of the things that I try to do and is to throw a little something in uh, different just to make them think. Uh, and and not let them get too routine and and so that's you know something that I've always tried to do in these situations is is uh, you know sometimes I throw stuff in and I'm not sure I'm ever going to utilize it but but at least uh, it keeps them thinking the game and 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 being basketball smart and then the other thing that I that I uh, try and do is I spend a lot of time shooting the ball at this time of the year. Uh, because I think you know when, what it comes down to frequently is is that ability to get the ball down in in tough situations and going in confident with your shooting really makes a difference. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, and so when you you're preparing and you're getting getting going there, how do you normally take it one game at a time? I mean, you guys played the grand um, on Saturday afternoon. When did you right. know that you're playing Gladstone? Do you just think from right now? Are you thinking Gladstone, like we're we're preparing for Gladstone, or do you kind of look yeah, forward took... a little bit oh, and just say, "Oh yeah, I was just going to say," or do you look forward and say, "Well, whether we win or lose to Gladstone, we also have these other games that we kind of want," or do you just wait until you get to the tournament and kind of watch the games when you're there? It's actually the only time of the year that I kind of jump ahead a little. I. Uh... I've, I've never been one to get ahead of myself, and I've always taken it one game at a time, no matter who the opponent was. Uh, but in the tournament, the, the thing you run into is is that if you don't prepare for a, you know, a number of options, in our case, this time we're playing Gladstone, and if, if you know, we're going to either play Marist or Cascade. Well, Marist, obviously, I know pretty well. Uh, so there's not a tremendous amount of preparation there. But Cascade, you know, is is a different story. So, you know, what I've done is I prepared for Gladstone, and we spend all our emphasis time with Gladstone with the players. Uh, but I'm, you know, looking at, at other options and, and, and looking ahead, which I don't like to do because, you know, I'm kind of a get my eye on my goal, and, and when I get there, I, I set the new one. But you just don't have time at the tournament because, you know, I mean, we're staying in Hillsboro. You know, just to go to the gym is 25 minutes, and uh, you know, you you're just on the go a lot. And to, to get that quality time and not be up until two or three in the morning uh, is just difficult. So we, I do some preparation prior to. It's kind of a long answer, but but I do do that. No, that's good. That's good. That's good information. And when you're looking at, you know, all the different components of how you scout a team, 
you know, is there a difference of how you scout a team for the regular season for a league opponent or for how you scout a team for the state tournament? No, not, not for me. I, I, uh, I take a look at the same things and, you know, I think probably what most people do is you try to, you know, figure out key personnel, you know, their tendencies, you know, obviously what they do as a program, you know, on offense and on defense, uh, you know, my I always try and do everything uh, for my kids that I put on paper is usually within usually three pages, uh, and that includes diagrams. Uh, so sometimes it takes a little more than that, but most of the time that's about where it is. I try to keep it pretty concise, uh, pretty short, uh, to the point, and uh, not you know I'm not trying to overwhelm overwhelm them with knowledge. I just want to have some few things that they're plugged into. And so over the years, you've coached against a number of different people, um, you know, some that are more memorable than others, than others, I'd guess. Is there any, um, you know, big time moments that you remember coaching against another guy in a state playoff game that just sticks out in your long? Well, I remember, you know, obviously the year we won the state turn, the state title was uh, interesting. You know, really the semifinals was a really interesting game, and I was coaching against Tony Dorado from LaSalle, and uh, and it was an overtime game, and and it was uh, really memorable. From you know, there's things that stick in my mind in that game because um, you know it was it came down to the wire, and I remember. They had an opportunity for a putback that didn't go, that allowed us to get into overtime, and uh, and then we we were we were you know had a successful overtime and uh, and it's memorable for me personally because my my youngest son was a freshman and uh, had been I had brought him up uh, pretty late in the season to the varsity and then he had played more and more and he was in at the end of the game and they fouled him. Uh, you know, three times one behind, and he went to the line and and made all the free throws. And obviously, that's a, from a dad's perspective, uh, that stuck in my mind. So those, that's a that was a memorable game. Uh, and then the, the the championship game was was one that I went into feeling good about our kids. And uh, but our you know we we put a lot of emphasis on defense, and and uh, we defended really well in that tournament and I remember at halftime asking uh Elvis Harper one of my players can you give me one more half Elvis and he said to me coach that's just about what I got left in me (laughs) (laughs) I remember that that line uh pretty well because he was a kid that worked extremely hard and very quick and they had two really good guards and we had to contain them and anyway those are that you know, is memorable, but there's there's been a lot of them. I've coached against some some really good people that uh, you know that's always been difficult to plan for, and uh, you know Willis New mm-hmm. and Ron Near and uh, you know guys that were in our league were just you know really good coaches. Don Pollard, uh, you know, you better be prepared when you went up against them because you knew they were going to be. So when it comes to you know, a seasoned uh, state playoff winning coach, a, a coach that 
you know, in your in your mind and in your record book is a high-level coach. What are some of the characteristics that one of those coaches, some of those coaches, you know, have that kind of everybody that were of that pedigree had? Well, you know, there's there's several things, I guess, that I always look at. You know, one of the first things I look at when I watch a team is how hard did they play? Um, you know, and everyone says, well, that's, uh, you know, but there is, everybody plays fairly hard, but some, there's a, there's that second level, uh, of, of how hard you play. And, and coaches who consistently have their kids playing hard is, is such a key. And we tell our kids every day, you know, that the measure of who's playing the hardest is pretty easy to watch if you watch a game. First of all, who's getting loose balls? Uh, we put that up there every game, loose balls, you know, and who's getting no boards. You know, that's those are measurements uh, of, of how hard you're playing. And so I look at that. And, and then the other thing, next thing I look at is how they defend. You know, is, is defense really something that's important to them? Because when you play against people that defend well, uh, the opportunity opportunities are, are limited, and you better – take advantage on the offensive end because uh, they're not going to give you a lot of easy opportunities. Uh, you're going to have to earn them all. And then the, the, the other thing is, is they know what do they do execution wise? You know, is it, is it freelance? Is it, uh, is it, you know, and, and the game has, has changed, you know, over the years and, and now there's so much, um, you know, on ball go, no on ball, just go um, type approach to the game that, uh, you know, it's it's different when you prepare for teams uh, than it used to be. But uh, those are the things that I look at is how hard they play, how well they defend, and then just what do they try and do on the offensive side of the ball. And if, if they're solid in all of those areas, uh, then you got a game on your hand if they got any talent. Right. And so when you were in that state championship in 1994, you're playing against the Myrtle Point Bobcats. Right. You guys beat them 54-42. You, you guys went 22-4 and four that season. When you were in that game or you're preparing for that game, was there ever a thought of, you know, this might be, you know, I might not be in another one of these for a long time, or did you think, you know, this is going to happen quite often? How does that work when you're at the top level like that? Well, I certainly didn't think that it took so it took a long time to get there, you know, and uh you know you so you're you, you feel pretty fortunate, at least I felt pretty fortunate to be there, you know, to have a group of young men that that did what they needed to do to get there. Uh and so I I cherished it. Um I was really I've always told people it was interesting because I was probably fairly nervous in the first three games. I was fairly calm in that game. I had a, a sense of calm. I was confident in, in the, that we would play well and, and whatever the outcome was, it was. And, uh, and, you know, that's, that's, uh, you know, but as far as taking it, you know, will I be here a lot again? I, I don't know. And I you know, and I've been there two more times. Um, and, uh, and unfortunately we, we weren't successful in, in those two times, but, um, you know, the, uh, the truth is 
<clears throat> just getting there is, is such a thrill and and I'm in the point where it just I, I I enjoy it for the kids an awful lot just for no they have knowing they're going to have that memory. And so you guys, you know, going through this year, it's an interesting mix because you know, like I, I, I so basically what I'm doing with this podcast is I've um I've talked to Blake Ecker who had high praise for you as as well as Jabron Jones, who's the head coach over at Baker. And I just wanted to get a few coaches from the 4A and those, you know, top-level teams that could just give their thoughts of preparing for the state tournament, what their thoughts were on it. And, you know, this year we've seen – Those the guys, by level, the way, both – those guys both do a great job. They're, they're real different styles, but, man, you know, I mean, we've played – we got two losses and both of them to Flomath and – and uh, Blake does does such a great job. We had a, you know we we had a great game with Baker and played well ourselves. But uh, those guys do a great job. Two different styles, but they certainly uh, certainly get it done. They do. And you know this year in 4A basketball, we've had basically you know a me- kind of a mediocre a mediocrity of teams that are anywhere from about. If you looked at the OSA rankings, you know, the 13 up to, I'd say, 25, with really a lot of them with losing records. You know, solid teams maybe, but a lot of them, with, you know, middling teams. And, you know, Newport was one of those um, that, you know, that's where I was go- at coaching at. And then uh, you also had, you know, this group of middle teams, you know, anywhere from about, I'd say, 5 to 12. And any of those teams mm-hmm. can kind of beat each other. And we saw two of them make it into the state tournament this year. And then we got a top four that really is at an, another level than the rest of the teams in the state. And just to go through it, I mean, like you said, we got Philomath, the number one seed going into the state tournament. They beat you guys two times. The first time they got you pretty good, and then you, you kind of made it a, a pretty good game the second go around. And then they go, and they lose to Cascade twice. And then you go and beat Baker, and then Baker goes and beats Cascade. So it's kind of this, you know, intertwining um, group. There's no one team that just is, well, they've beaten everybody. Everybody's kind of lost to somebody that's beaten somebody else. And so, you know, upsets can always happen in the state tournament. This year, you know, my prediction, if you know, I'm not a predictor very much, but I wouldn't think that, those four teams are going to get upset. You know, I think it's more going to be one of the most uh, anticipated semifinals. You know, I'm, and I know you probably don't want to get ahead of yourself, and I'm, I'm not asking you to, but for me, as just an onlooker now, an objective, you know, onlooker, I mean, that semifinal, if it does become you know, those top four teams in the semis, that's a pretty impressive group of teams with some impressive resumes. Do you remember a 4A tournament where – You've got kind of a, a class of four like this? Well, I, you know, if I look back and looked at who they were, I might be able to do that. But I I don't just off the top of my head have another year that jumps into my head. You know, frequently there's there's one team that, that is, you know, kind of stands above everybody else uh, or, or two. I think it's a little unusual to have as you just went through, have kind of 
cross paths in various ways and and you know you look at it and you come out of it kind of confused as to you know who the best teams are i think a lot of it has to do with it's it it has to do with matchups you know and different matchups and um you know I, I like to think that we've gotten better throughout the course of the year that's certainly what our goal is every day in practice we talk about it all the time uh, but that's tr- and that's true of everybody, and, and it may come down to who's gotten better, the most better, for lack of a better term, uh, you know. But you know they're 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 all good teams, and I've played you know two of them. Uh, I haven't played Cascades yet. Hope we get the chance. But uh, uh, I've watched them, and uh, they're certainly a, a talented group of, of players, and so. Yeah, I, it, there may not have been, you know, a better final, I mean, better group of four, but, you know, there's a reason they play the game on a given day, and that's to find out who the best team is that day. And uh, that's the way we approach every game, and I'm sure everybody else is the same. There's no givens. You know, everybody's there, and everybody's fighting for the end of the season, and, uh I think uh, they're going to the first round will be good games. So when you go through your season and you know that you've got a team that, you know, like pretty much all year you knew that you were going to have an opportunity if everybody stayed healthy to vie for a state championship. I I don't know if you think like that at all, but I know that you had to have known that your team has got to be one of the best teams in the state throughout this season. How do you make sure with that in mind that your team is peaking at the right time during the season. Well, I don't. I don't know. You know, you hear a lot about the peaking thing, and, and it certainly are, there there is some truth to, to times when you're you're not playing well when you need to be playing well, and and uh, you know, so that's that's certainly part of it. I I don't. You know, like I just said, I, our goal is to try to get better every day in practice, and we we evaluate sometimes in the middle of practice. You know, are we getting better today? You know, um, and you know, generally you ask that question if you don't think kids are working very hard. This particular team has had very few what I would call poor practices. Um, they've uh, they've always uh, practiced well and focused. A very experienced group, and so my goal with them has just been to beat that drum. You know, we need to do the little things, and then I think you design practice to emphasize the areas that you may think that you're not doing as well as you need to be at that particular time, and and emphasize it. and And this group is really good at at listening and plugging in to to what I'm telling them. Uh, they're they're a savvy group that way I think. Uh, you know, we're we're unassuming looking, you know, I don't know if you've seen this, but when we come on the court, there's not people looking at each other going, Wow, look at that. They're they're going like this is Junction City you know, because we're not very big, you know, and uh and that's kind of a, a starting point right there. So well, and I, you know, oh, go ahead. Sorry, Coach. No, that's fine. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, I've got a personal connection to your team um, with with Gunner. I mean, your grandson, yep. you have three grandsons on the team. I was 
you know, I was, uh, I'd say, blessed to be able to coach your grandson, Gunner, one of the most savvy, high IQ, athletic, um, caring teammates and players I've ever coached. I mean, he was yep. just a great kid. Um, I know him personally, and as, as well as Coop. And, uh, you know, as a freshman, I mean, he started for our state championship team at Toledo as a freshman, and he was – Oh, I, I was I, – I was there. You think he had 12 points and like six, seven boards in the state championship game, if I remember right. <laughs> you, it, I mean, so my son, who sat on the bench with me, now he's eight, you know, so three years removed from that. And he, he's like, hey, Dad, you want to watch the game with me? And so we, it's on YouTube. So we watched it. And, I mean, Gunner had, and I remember it, but he had a game. I mean, he had a couple of big time yeah. threes. He had some big layups. He had some huge rebounds, and we put him on their best. Their, we put him on their point guard, who was a pretty tough player. Um, and he's a freshman, and he's just playing. And I mean, he was instrumental in that run that we had. And so now, as a you know, he was a great player as a freshman, and uh, now as a senior, you know, um, a couple of questions is first, you know, you are going to be retiring after this year. I've heard and. You know, you're coaching your three of your grandsons are starters on the team, um, and they're all high IQ players. They played a ton of games together. I know your your son Bart has taken them, you know, traveling and playing a ton of basketball since they're little kids. Uh, what does it mean to you to coach your grandsons in your final season? You know, and not only just coach them. I mean, a lot of people coach their sons, and you know, maybe some people get to coach their grandsons. But not only are you coaching them, what does it mean that? But that you guys are the number one, you know, one of the top, I'd say, number one contenders for a state title this year going into the state tournament. Well, it's just it's it's been a very special year, and having the opportunity to have them move back, uh, you know, where they, you know, they were here through seventh and eighth grade, and move back, and and uh, you know, they played so much basketball with their friends here, and Bart. Took them all over the place, and I don't know how many games they played a year, but a lot. And and as a result, the, them and and their friends and and have you know become you know experienced players. And but coaching the, all three grandsons, uh, Court, uh, Cooper, and Gunner, has been special. And uh, I've really enjoyed it. Uh, certainly, they're they're all great. Kids and easy to coach. Uh, they're they're not difficult to coach at all. But that's true of my whole team, and uh, and so you know they've and I think they've enjoyed getting back to play with their with their friends uh, that they grew up playing with. So it's it's been a special year. I couldn't have asked for any more. And uh, and uh, you know I really uh, really has been uh, my wife and I have Arlene and I have really enjoyed it. Well, that's awesome, you know, and, and just knowing the caliber of kids they are and, you know, being able to coach with Bart uh, with my time at Toledo, you know, I'm uh, I'm really thankful to have met you and to, and to see, you know, the type of, uh, you know, program you're running. Um, it's a, it's a high level grade A, you know, program. And, um, you know, I just want you to know that I, um, uh, I'm rooting for you guys, rooting for Gunner and the boys, and I just hope, uh, you know, it goes well for you. 
Well, we are, you know, I'm, I'm confident that my, my team will go and they'll compete hard and they'll play hard and they'll defend hard and, and, uh, you know, it, it'll, if it's meant to be, it'll happen. Uh, it, you know, if, if it doesn't go the way we want it, it won't be because, uh, of any lack of effort on this group's part. They will, they will lay it out there and, and, you know, I've been told last year and then again this year, I've been told by so many people that they love to watch the kids play. And, and the reason for that is they play extremely hard. They defend extremely hard and they're very unselfish. They share the ball, uh, like crazy. And if you're open, you better be ready because the ball's probably coming. And, uh, that's what makes them fun to watch. And they're a special group, I think. That's great. Well, Coach, again, thank you so much for coming on. And uh, to, if, you, if you're going to the tournament, uh, Junction City is playing Gladstone at 8.15 tomorrow night, Forest Grove High School, Joe Moran Court. And if not, you can go on to the NFHS website and catch that game online. Coach, uh, wish you nothing but the best, and I really appreciate you coming on in such short notice. Well, thank you, dude. I appreciate the opportunity, and go Tigers. Well, everyone, I hope you enjoyed those awesome interviews with Blake Ecker, Jabron Jones, and Craig Rothenberger. It should be an exciting three days of basketball, and we will know in just about four days who the 4A, 5A, and 6A boys and girls state champions are for the 2022-2023 season. It's an exciting time. Hope you guys all enjoy the state tournaments, and remember, keep grinding.